Hello and welcome to the Free Gift Podcast, originating from the Free Gift Gospel Mission. The Free Gift Gospel Mission is an independent Bible-believing church preaching Jesus Christ as man's only provision for redemption and salvation. We are located at 1025 Maple Street in Kingsport, Tennessee, on the corner of Maple and Brook. This podcast is a Christ-centered ministry reaching out to souls with the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us. I'm thankful for God's love this morning. I'm thankful that He's a perfect God and He loves us when we're not perfect. He loves us when we fail and fall short and when we're negligent and when we stumble and fall in any number of different areas. And I've needed that a few times in my life. How about you? But I'm glad that his love abides. And he calls his children to forbear one another in love. May God help us to do that. Let's turn in our Bibles, please, to Hosea chapter 14. And I'm glad that you're all here with us today in this house of worship unto God. We preached Wednesday night from the book of Hosea, one of my favorite books in the Bible. I know back in 2015, six years ago, we preached all the way through the book of Hosea. And we've not been back in Hosea but two times since then. This will be the third one in six years. So it's good to go back and and, uh, see what God has to say to us from the book of Hosea. Wednesday night, we preached from Hosea about a forgotten Savior. A lot of people have forgotten the Savior today. Would you agree? But he's still the Savior. He's still God, and I'm glad that you all are here this morning because I'd like to read the last chapter of the book of Hosea, chapter number 14. So beginning in verse number 1, let's look together. The Word of God says, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with you words and turn to the Lord, say unto him, Take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. Remember that. Receive us graciously, it says. So will we render the calves of our lips. Asher shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses, neither will we say any more to the work of our hands. Talking about the gods that they had fashioned. And then they sinned more and more because after they fashioned the gods, they went on and worshipped the gods that they created. Neither will we say any more to the work of our hands, ye are our gods, for in thee the fatherless find mercy. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from him. I will be as the dew unto Israel. He shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches shall spread and his beauty shall be as the olive tree and his smell as Lebanon. They that dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive as the corn 
and grow as the vine, the scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say, What have I to do any more with idols? I have heard him and observed him. I am like a green fir tree. From me is thy fruit found. Who is wise, and he shall understand these things? Prudent, and he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them. But the transgressors shall fall therein. You may be seated in the presence of God. May God bless the reading of his word today. What this is, friends, is a beautiful picture of the gospel of the grace of God. A beautiful picture of the gospel of the grace of God. This is what true grace is all about. Grace is getting what you do not deserve. And not getting what you do deserve. They did not deserve the mercy of God, but they received it anyway. Hallelujah. They deserved destruction, but they did not receive what they truly deserved. And God's still showing grace today in 2021. And I praise His worthy name. God is still giving that unmerited favor as He desires. Why? He does it for His glory. As a matter of fact, there's only one thing about my life this morning that qualifies me to stand before you behind this pulpit and talk about the grace of God, and that's the fact that I'm a recipient of the grace of God. That's the only thing that qualifies me to stand here and talk about His grace. I should have been cast into hell for my sins. I should have been cast into eternal destruction and torment for my sins against God. But he showed me his grace. I should have faced destruction for all of the years of the past. That I spent making a God out of myself. And making a God out of everything else. But instead of destruction I've received a pardon. <laughs> I've been given grace instead of destruction. I've been set at liberty today. By his matchless Salvation. When I deserved the torments of hell, I was shown forgiveness. When I deserved hell, I was shown mercy. When I deserved hell, I was given love when Christ saved me. And I began to acknowledge Him as Lord of my life by His grace. Have you ever just sat down with a daily newspaper and browsed through, browsed through the uh, classified ads there in the employment section? What you'll usually find if you do that is you'll find a variety of different businesses with entries to meet all of these different needs. But I want to read to you an ad that you'll never see. It's an ad that though you won't see it, it's an ad that each and every person hearing this message this morning needed to place in our lives. It goes like this. Want it. Master craftsmen need it. To remodel damaged life. Current life has been damaged beyond normal repairs due to sin. Owner has tried a variety of ways to correct the problem but has failed every time. The qualified applicant must have the following. One, you must have your own tools. Two, you must be willing to work. 
Three, you must have impeccable references. Four, you must have a previous successful track record with similar restorations. Five, you must be willing to work for nothing. Owner cannot pay anything. The owner will be willing to work for the master craftsman upon successful completion of his remodeled life. That classified ad right there resembles the cry of every Christian prior to salvation. Our damaged lives were damaged because of sin and they were damaged beyond repair. There was nothing that we could do to repair our lives and all of our efforts to correct the problem failed. I don't know how it was for you, but I made efforts to correct my sin problem before I came to Jesus and every one of those efforts failed. Turning over a new leaf failed. Making a New Year's resolution failed. Trying to do better in my own strength and in my own power, it all failed. And it always will fail. But Jesus Christ was qualified to answer that ad. <laughs> he was qualified. He had the tools necessary to save us. He was willing to provide the work Necessary to save us when He died on the old rugged cross. He was referred to us by His Father. His track record of all of the other uh, restoration of the saints, of the lives of, of those who have gone on before us. It's all impeccable. And finally, He could accept no payment for our salvation. As the great hymn of the faith says, Jesus paid it all. <laughs> Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. So we see the power of the gospel of the grace of God in Hosea chapter number 14 as a new Israel emerges. Wednesday night we saw the Israel that had forgotten the Savior. But a new Israel is emerging in chapter 14 as a tree of beauty planted by the Lord. They acknowledge their sin and their guilt before God and they receive a pardon. Verse number 1. O Israel, return unto the Lord, the Lord thy God for thou, thou hast fallen by thine Iniquity. Notice here the gentle yet firm invitation that the Lord gives to Israel to return to Him. Now I don't know about you, but my testimony of the calling of God to salvation in my life is exactly the same as what Israel received here in the Scriptures. It was a gentle call, but it was also a firm call. It was a gentle call, but it was a firm call. When the Lord was dealing with me, He made it very clear this morning, saints of God, He made it very clear that He was dealing with me out of love. That He loved me and I knew it because I had experienced His love. But more importantly, I had read and I had heard about His love through the preaching of the gospel. And the Holy Spirit of God opened my eyes clearly to see that I needed, for me to see, that I needed to be saved because I had sin in my life. I had unrepentant sin in my life and I couldn't change that by my own power. 
I couldn't save myself. I had sin in my life and the only remedy for that sin was to be under the blood of Jesus Christ. That was the only way. That was the only hope. It needed to be under the blood. So it was a loving call, but yet I also knew by the same token token that it was a firm call. It became real to me. I'm going to give you a little part of my testimony right here. When the Lord was dealing with me and the Lord was extending His gracious call of the gospel for me to come uh, and, and to be saved by the grace of God, it became real to me that I could depart from this world. It became real to me that at any given moment, I might leave out of here and be doomed to a godless hell for eternity because I was not saved. I had not been born again. The Holy Ghost helped me to realize and to understand that at any given moment, any number of various things could befall me. I might end up in a freak car accident. I might fall over of heart failure. I could wind up being the victim of some random act of violence. Now why would I say that? Because all of these things are happening in this world even right now. To people everywhere. And these became real possibilities for me in my life. And my mortality came into view. I began to realize that I'm not going to live forever. That I could and will pass away. One day. Now thinking as a lost man. Then. Now we have hope in Christ if we're saved. God, God began to extend that call to my life. Uh, and uh, it was a gentle call. But yet it was a firm call. God is still extending his call today. God is extending his call. In this very service right now. God is extending His call in this place this morning. It is a gentle call, but it's also a firm call. It has to be firm. It has to be firm because so many people today have not accepted their mortality. They seem to think that they're just going to live on forever and ever in this life. But nothing could be further from the truth. Friend, like that old Southern Gospel song says... You can't play the card that death's going to deal, so why gamble on life? If God's calling you to salvation, come to Him and be set free. Amen? He'll take that burden from you. And you'll have peace and joy. The joy of knowing that even if you were to die Today, it's all going to be alright because Christ has saved you and you'll stand before God justified with your sins under the blood of Jesus. <laughs> the blood that He shed on the old rugged cross. That was the purpose. To cover your sins. To wash them away. That's what the cross was all about. And I'd love to ask some people this morning, do you think you're worth the price that God paid to ransom you. The Bible teaches that you didn't come cheap. Now think about this. Suppose you're standing outside of a great auction room. And you hear the clerk say. Okay this man paid $25 for this painting over here. But over here this man paid $600,000 for this painting. 
Now you happen to know quite a bit about the two paintings. The $25 painting, it could be one of any number of 10,000 different amateur artists who painted that, just hoping to sell that for $25. But what about this $600,000 painting over here? Was it a, was it a Rembrandt? You can judge the painting by the price that was paid for it. Now, don't misunderstand me because I'm not trying to tell you with this analogy that I was worth anything before the Lord saved me. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is it must have meant something to the Lord for him to save me. I'm not telling you he looked down and saw some inherent goodness in Vern Hall and saved me when there was something worth saving there. That's not what I'm saying. But if the Lord saved you, then you could rest assured he had a great purpose in saving you that meant something to him. Think about that price that was paid for you. Because when you do, you'll be able to form conclusions that are justified from Scripture. How great was my sinfulness. How great was the depths of my nature and my depravity. But yet, how great the heights of His love. His gentle call, yet His firm call that He gave for me to come to Him. And we see the exact same thing with Israel here in the Bible. Look at verse number 2. Take with you words and turn to the Lord. Say unto Him, Take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. So will we render the calves of our lips. You know what God's talking about right here? He's talking about that sacrifice of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and save us such as be of a contrite spirit. Amen. So please know that this verse speaks of a personal and a national repentance because that was what was necessary. And I really like the King James translation here. It says, receive us graciously. Think about that. Receive us graciously. There are some other translations that seem to miss the mark in this instance. And I became privy to the fact that there is a translation problem in some other translations here. And I read several other translations just to look into it. And some of the other translations render these words something like, except that which is good rather than to receive us graciously. Well, what's the problem? The problem is, if they were to be received, it could only be graciously. For they don't have anything good to offer. They didn't have anything good uh, to offer except the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving unto the Lord. So when you really look into this verse, you'll begin to see the imprints of justification by faith begin to emerge here. You may not catch it at first, but when you go to think back over the whole story of Hosea all the way back in chapter 1 and how he married that prostitute Gomer and everything that had happened in Israel serving their false gods and creating false gods, gods. when you consider that whole story, you'll begin to see how that now here in the last chapter of Hosea, Israel is about to come to the place thanks be unto God, where they realize that they can do absolutely nothing but trust the Lord. 
That's what we need to do today. We need to trust the Lord and not ourselves. We need to trust the Lord and not other people. We need to trust the Lord and not other nations. So finally, Israel is beginning to see this. Do you trust the Lord today? Are you trusting Him completely? The story is told of a Chinese Christian who lived in the early years when the communists really began to come into power. And after being offered his life in exchange for renouncing Christ, he was finally put before the firing squad. He was blindfolded and stood in place and he heard the regiment officers shout, ring out, ready, aim, fire. And then suddenly he finds himself in the eternal arms of his Savior. You know, trust in the Lord will carry you from this life to the world to come. Trust in the Lord will take you through, dear friends, today. Trust in the Lord will do that. Look at verse number 3. Tell ye, excuse me, verse number 3, Asher shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses, neither will we say any more, to the work of our hands, ye are our gods. For in thee the fatherless findeth mercy. So finally we're seeing some true repentance coming forth from Israel here. True repentance. True repentance involves the abandoning of sin. They're finally confessing the double iniquity of the reliance upon other nations and the worshiping of false gods. These sins are confessed. That's what needs to be done with sin. It needs to be confessed, right? It needs to be abandoned. It needs to be turned away from. Amen? It needs to be forsaken. These sins are confessed. And now the love of God for His people can be seen. Hallelujah. Verse number 4 says, And I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from Him. Faithlessness and sin can sometimes be very deep-seated in a person's life. But graciously, our God is able to alter your desires to the point where you will begin to desire His will instead of your will. God can alter your desires to the point where not only will you begin to desire His will over your will, but you'll begin to do His will and not your will. God is able to do that for us. That's what's happening here in the Word of God. Psalm 34 and verse number 7 says this. It says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. God says here, I will love them freely. This is happening at His will. It's spontaneous. This is possible. Why? Because his anger has been turned away. I'm glad that the Lord's anger has been turned away from me. How about you? His anger has been turned away. And although there's no details of the atonement that's found in Hosea, we know from reading the Gospels that this is possible because of Jesus Christ going to the old rugged cross and dying on that cross and finishing the work that His Father gave Him to do. That's what made the atonement possible. 
That's what made the atonement for sin. Look at verse number 5. It says, I will be as the dew unto Israel. He shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. The Lord says, I will be as the dew unto Israel. Dew is refreshing. I hope you realize that. How refreshing God can be today. (laughs) Amen. God can be refreshing to you. If you need refreshing in your life, look to God. God's able to give you the refreshing that you need. He did it to Israel here. And now they have the beauty of a lily. They have the noble strength of a poplar. What's that mean? Well, that's what the roots of Lebanon is referring to here. The roots of Lebanon. It's talking about the strength of a poplar tree. God gives strength. Praise the Lord. God gives strength, church. You're down and out. You need strength. God gives it. It comes from Him. God gives stability. The roots of that poplar tree, they go down into the ground and they hold it there firmly in place and it will be stable through the storms of life. So when you're rooted and grounded in God and when you're rooted and grounded in God's Word, you won't be tossed about. You won't be blown around. You'll have stability to face whatever comes your way. That's what we need, right? Look at verse number 6. His branches shall spread and His beauty shall be as the olive tree and His smell as Lebanon. So here we see a reference to an olive tree. An olive tree was noted for its shade. An olive tree was also noted for its fruit. Lebanon was noted for the aroma of the forest. You and I as believers, you and I as followers of Christ, you and I as Christian people are to be attractive. I'm not talking about some physical type of attraction. I'm not talking about some surface level, shallow minded type of attraction. But we should have something attractive on display in our lives. Christ said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. And of course, we understand the context referring to his death coming up on the cross But there's multiple applications for that verse that we can draw from that. But let me just say here, if you love Jesus Christ and you live for Him, you will do whatever is necessary to learn more of Him. That's one reason why we come to church. Others will take notice of this in your life and God may choose to use that to draw people to him if he chooses to do that he can do that that's his business that's up to him we know it's it's glorifying from god's word that we go and assemble together with other believers god has already made that clear in his word his word has not changed christians are to be stable this is a broad principle that's found throughout the bible old testament and new testament you are to be stable we are to be mature We are to strive to be consistent. We're not to be unstable people. But we are to be stable. Now, 
that's not to say that somehow you're you're lost and going to hell if you have a a, a lapse of you fall into a, a discouragement or if you are struggling with a certain issue. See, that's 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 another problem to where the body of Christ is so important. We are to try to encourage one another. That's why we need more than six people here on Wednesday nights. Because if I come in and I neglect to encourage my brother or my sister who's here, maybe another Christian could come in here and encourage all of us. Amen right there. It's a broad principle throughout Scripture. We're not to be unstable people. There's too much instability today among professing Christians. Let your roots go down deep. Let your roots go down deep into the Word of God. And you'll become stable like God would have you to be. Christians are to be useful. The olive tree was useful because it provided shade. And it was also useful because it provided fruit. It was, it was a very important thing. We need to be useful today in showing others the way. Verse number 7, they that dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive us as the corn and grow as the vine. The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. This verse is speaking of the protecting hand of God that Israel would come to know once again. All of the things that they struggled and cheated and killed for will soon be forgotten in light of the greater blessing of the grace of God. Isn't that wonderful? Think back over your life, my dear friend, about all the things you might have cheated for, killed for, struggled for, fought for. How that it all, when you, when you have a true encounter with Jesus Christ and the grace of God, how it just all fades away. In the greater blessing of God's grace. God was going to protect His people once again. God will protect you. God will fight your battles for you. God has a firm grip on your life. Verse number 8. Ephraim shall say, what have I to do anymore with idols? I have heard him and observed him. I am like a green fir tree. From me is thy fruit found. The Lord cares for his own and he makes them fruitful. And I love 1 Peter 5, 7. It's a verse that we quote here often. It says, casting all your care upon him for he careth for, for you. How true is that? God cares for you. Listen, friends, God cares for you. All of you and all of you, He cares for you. Colossians 1 and 10 says that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. He can do that for you today. Verse number 9. Who is wise? And he shall understand these things, prudent, and he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them, but the transgressors shall fall therein. Here's a lesson to be learned this morning in this service today. We need to show some wisdom. 
Right? Amen? Amen. We need to show some wisdom. Wisdom is more than knowledge. Knowledge may be able to see the way to walk, but wisdom walks the way. And I can tell you that following Jesus Christ is the way. That's the way that you should go. And I can tell you that you should do that. And I could illustrate for you why you should follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can get knowledge. But when you show wisdom, you'll take the necessary steps to walk after Him. And you'll deny the sinful world and you'll go with the one who loves you. With this amazing, amazing love. Everything that God delivered Israel from, all of that sin and all of that wickedness and all of this perversion and all of this idolatry, God is still able to deliver you from today. He's still able to give you grace. He's still able to show you love. He can wrap you in His loving arms. He can wrap you in His loving embrace. And you can make it through whatever it is, my dear friend. You might have strayed away from Him today. He'll take you back and He'll make you like a beautiful tree that's been planted by God with your roots going down deep. He can make you useful. He can make you stable. He can make you attractive. But most of all, most of all, Beyond all of that, He can make you His. He can make you His. And you'll be under His protection. Not the pastors. Not the deacons. Not mom, not dad. You'll be under His protection. Because you'll be saved by His Grace. Hands that heal nations stretched out on a tree and took the nest for me. Thank you for listening to the Free Gift Podcast. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us online at www.freegiftgospelmission.wordpress.com. Our service times are as follows Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. Morning worship is at 11 a.m., Sunday evening at 6 p.m., and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We are located at 1025 Maple Street in Kingsport, Tennessee, and we welcome all visitors. If you would like to correspond via email, you may email me, Pastor Vernhall, at freegiftgospelmission at yahoo.com, or you may write to Pastor Vernhall, 3301 Martin Farm Road. Johnson City, Tennessee, 37601. We look forward to seeing you at the Free Gift Gospel Mission, where the gospel is preached and the Lord Jesus Christ is praised. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you.